0: Salutations and welcome to another edition of the Native Immigrants. I'm your host, Swami Barakas, and as always I'm joined by my co-host, Jojo underscore B. What's going on, Jojo B?
1: Hello. I'm looking at your youthful face. Yeah.
0: Your... You cradle snatcher.
1: I haven't I haven't seen this whole face for what? Six years? Six...
0: yeah, it was before we got married, obviously.
1: You're no longer my beardy man.
0: No. I am clean-shaven, fatta young man, no jawan.
1: It's so weird, I haven't seen his face for so long.
0: Yeah, so the other day, Jojo <laughs> B said to me that with my beard, with the salt and pepper beards and the length that it had grown, I actually looked 50 years old. Um, it didn't help that one of our uncles also commented on a Facebook post of mine saying that you, I now look older than he does. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, when you combine all those things, my self-esteem took a bit of a nosedive. And so I did the noble thing by just getting rid of the beard.
1: If there's anyone who's 50 who's listening, there's nothing wrong with looking 50. Oh, yeah. If yeah, you're yeah, if you're now. 50, but you know this, he's in his early 40s, and um, yeah.
0: But he, what I didn't know was in my early 40s face with the beard. Once I've taken it off, I'm now in my early 20s, as I've been told by numerous people i mean online. i think
1: early 20s is pushing it you could say maybe mid-30s, mid-30s? maybe you look, That's you you look, look my age now you look like we nah, look the same man looks, age man looks young fam you look the same age although i have aged slightly
0: this is what i'm saying like when you look at the two of asleep asleep us now and having a,
1: a baby don't having, use don't use bubbles the life sucked out of me literally
0: i've decided to try to instill some youthful exuberance in my direction by being clean shaven and thank you to everyone that voted on my instagram uh poll 54 percent say they prefer me without the beard uh, rather than with beard so this is obviously a new sb and you're gonna have to get used to this now bro
1: i like it i was the one who told you to do it so piss off yeah
0: but you know i'll take all the credit it's weird though looking at the mirror now because i've been so used to having a beard for Five, six years.
1: Do you know what was even weirder? Seeing Bubs' reaction.
0: Yeah, man was proper confused and shit. He had this like, he had, that, he had the confused emoji on on your phones. That was what was uh, replicated out to me. Because he
1: knew your voice. Yeah. And he's like, daddy. And then he looked at your face and he was like, what? Yeah. What is that?
0: Who are you, sir? Uh, and what have you done with my daddy? But yeah, everyone's going to have to get used to this now. So, you know, welcome to... A new Swami Barakas.
1: You look Gudrati again. Racist. No, I'm just saying, you do. You look very Punjabi. Everyone used to say, you looked very Punjabi with that beard. Mm. And now you look Gudrati again.
0: Okay. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I'm
1: sure. I married a Gujarati man, there's nothing wrong with
0: that. You supposed to say Majama?
1: I don't know. Oh,
0: sorry. Girl. I don't know. Anyway, in the second half of this show, we are going to be joined by more special guests. Look at us, man. We're turning into like the Graham Norton show of I Asian know. podcasts, isn't it? We
1: are so popular.
0: Yeah, unbelievable. But, you know, we're going to joined by some amazing people, Dr. Amit Patel and his lovely wife, Seema. And they're going to be talking all about their life, blindness, their new book, and Kika the Guide Dog, who is an international superstar.
1: Yes. Diva extraordinaire. Diva extraordinaire. Just like Mariah Carey.
0: Yeah. You know, her, her rider was like umpteen number of like, pedigree chum tins and shit. Yeah, the good stuff. (laughs) Yeah, Premium. Mm -hmm. But um, unfortunately, we're gonna have to start this show on a little bit of a somber note. After our recording of last week's show, we found out about the very, very sad passing of two legendary and influential actors of Indian cinema, Irfan Khan, and in the following day, Rishi Kapoor. This sent shockwaves across all fans of Indian cinema worldwide, uh, myself included, Um, you know, I was only just coming to terms with Irfan Khan's passing and then the next morning waking up and hearing about Rishi Kapoor. And I think that hit home really hard for me because I was such a massive fan of his growing up watching his films, especially obviously everyone knows I'm a huge Amitabh Bachchan fan. And you know, all of those films that they did together Naseeb and Amar Akbar Anthony and Bobby yeah.
1: Bobby's one of my favorite films.
0: Bobby, yes, Bobby's yeah. AB's not, not in that, yeah, but I but love that film. Yeah. Uh, brilliant film. Um the the list goes on for Rishi Kapoor that he's you know, he's been part of my childhood and even up to this day continuing to watch his films and you know, passing away at a you know, relatively young age of 67. Yeah. Um was really sad. Uh, and then obviously the day before Irfan Khan it was just you know, someone who was still in the prime of his life again, passing away from from cancer. Really, really sad. From Asif Kabadi is as the warrior, and then, you know, all these amazing independent films that he's done since then, like The Namesake and The Lunchbox. Um Biku. Biku obviously is a is a big Bollywood film that he's done. But you know, he was one of those guys that can transition between two different forms of Indian cinema, um, and able to achieve you know, mainstream success in films like Jurassic World and The Life of Pi in in Hollywood. So, yeah. you know, yeah, two very, very sad passings. Um, you know, there was a lot of outpouring of grief online um, from fans across the world. And, you know, us here at the podcast, we're big fans of both of their works. And, um, you know, our condolences go out to all of their loved ones um, and, and their fans just as equally because it has been a collective mourning. And, you know, we'll continue to watch their films and, and you know, enjoy, you know, their lasting legacies um, through their work and through their art. Rest in peace to Irfan Khan and to Rishi Kapoor. Right. Feedback from last week's show. Our interview with Nikesh Shukla. Thank you so much to everyone that listened to that show. Um, got a lot of great feedback, which is amazing. Shout out to Devani Acharya, who said, Love listening to it. Can't wait for the rest of them. Thank you so much. Uh, big up my boy Jessel Padania. I was actually on Jessel's podcast, Transatlantic Rebels, uh, a couple of weeks ago, reviewing my favorite album of all time, Ilmatic by Nas. And he listened to the podcast and said, Oh my God. The first 15 minutes of this is literally Jojo B articulating so many of my thoughts about <laughs> never have I ever. More specifically, the ridiculous faux outrage and backlash. Big up the native immigrants. So, I could
1: go on and on. I did, I think, for the rest of the week, go on and on. Yeah. <laughs> about what I thought of that program and this faux backlash that has happened. Just the nonsense backlash. Yeah. But yeah.
0: Yeah, well, Watch it. well yeah, like I said, I haven't watched it yet so I can't really, you know, pour scorn on it either way. Um, but I will check it out this weekend.
1: Yes, you will. Though.
0: And let everyone know my thoughts. And I also want to shout out Mala Vadgama, who's a photographer and she said brilliant podcast, really loved it. Nice to hear the Harrow references. I grew up there too. I tweeted the same thing about collective grief the other day too. So definitely shows we're all going through similar experiences. So nice to hear Nikesh is supporting BAME female writers too. As an Asian female photographer, I wish I had the same support from male counterparts 15 years ago. Had to fight my way through it in a male-dominated field. I do remember the two that encouraged me though. Glad I finally have the time to hear your podcast. Inspiring. Thank you so much, Mala. You know, as soon as I read that message, it you know it reiterated the reason for doing this show um you know and for someone like her again trying to get into the arts and potentially facing you know hurdles and and the backlash that comes with it you know it's um it's it's great to see her moving forward and and still representing what she wants to do
1: always always got to empower the females <laughs> yes
0: absolutely 110% and we might even cover photography and the arts uh, amongst the british asian communities especially with some of the amazing female uh, artists that are out there right now
1: yeah we haven't yeah we haven't discussed that before have we no it would be nice let's do that um i also want to let everyone know that this week is maternal mental health awareness week Mm -hmm. so it's run from monday the 4th all the way up until sunday the 10th of may sure It is a week-long campaign dedicated to talking about mental health illness um, during and after pregnancy. Uh, It's organised by the Perinatal Mental Health Partnership UK, and they launched the first one ever in 2014. So it's been a yearly thing since then. And they had thought that they would have to cancel this Mm. year because of coronavirus, but they've decided to go ahead. And they have a theme this year, which is supporting mums during difficult times. Um, there's like daily themes, so that's yeah. the overriding theme, and then there's daily themes. So you, if you check out Perinatal Mental Health Partnership UK on Facebook or Twitter, uh, PMHP UK, um, they, you can check out what their daily theme is, yeah, um, and get involved in the discussion as well. And um, they've done two facebook lives this week already okay and one of them really interesting Well, i mean they're both really interesting there was one about sign symptoms and what we can offer you mm-hmm. the second one was improving access to maternal mental health care in the south asian community oh wow um, and it was a discussion with farah lunat from roshni 2 mm-hmm. um, and she discussed the barriers and challenges that south asian women Uh, report when experiencing postnatal mental health difficulties
0: yeah
1: um and then a discussion on how south asian moms specifically can be supported and what healthcare professionals and the community should be mindful of oh wow I um, so it's a really interesting discussion yeah. um on facebook live and it was on wednesday the 6th of may but it's still there available to watch mm. now so you can go back and if you need any support or any advice if you're struggling and there must be so many moms who are stuck yeah. in you know stuck at home with little to no support some of them yeah um and from my own experience knowing to like having that support from your family getting them in to help you look after the baby or help you you know tidy up or give you a break and let you sleep is really important and for people who are in lockdown now and it may not be possible to get that break and so this all can have a really deep effect on maternal mental health and even before the baby comes, like got this stuff that I went through with my hyperemesis and any other kind of illness that happens during pregnancy can make you feel very vulnerable. And if you don't have that physical support, sometimes you need like a hug that yeah. you need and you're not getting it. It can be very difficult and it can take its toll on your mental health. It's not just postnatal depression there can be there can be depression and anxiety during pregnancy as well yeah. so if you're going through any difficulties do reach out there are services available and and get involved in the discussion if you're worried about somebody there is advice that you can seek online as well um and yeah just just be aware of the fact that these things are happening so if you know someone who's pregnant or just had a baby check in on them
0: yeah and make 100%. sure they're okay yeah you know especially now more than ever you know it's a uh, it's a daunting time for any pregnant woman. But now with this current lockdown and in the midst of coronavirus, it just heightens that, you know, the stress factors even more so.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you've got the the fear, of because we've seen all the news about pregnant women in, and and coronavirus, and if you're sitting at home and you're heavily pregnant and you know nearing your due date your anxiety levels will be high that's just what happens hormones will do it and just the worry of how life is going to change and then you have this on top and potentially not having your partner there with you during the birth as well to support you there are a lot of things going on and they can um they can create more and more anxiety so if you need help or if you know of somebody who you think might need help go and check out all of the online services um there'll be there All of the charities that deal with maternal mental health will be active around this week, especially. So there'll be lots of advice out there that you can go and get.
0: Absolutely. Make sure you go check out what's happening currently right now in Maternal Mental Health Week. And reach out if you need the support. There is plenty out there available. Right. So what's been happening now this week? So you and I were both on the BBC Asian Network we together were.
2: we
1: were
0: yeah it was uh, a parenting special <laughs> so they got us to reprobates to represent what parenting is like in the current lockdown
1: uh, bubs is also on there in the background screen yeah
0: you know so you know we obviously couldn't um have a babysitter pop around to just look after him for half an hour and we
1: couldn't just leave him outside obviously
0: yeah tied to a leash yeah um so he was in the room whilst we were you know on live <laughs> on the Asian network. Um, Yeah, talking about parenting in the current lockdown. It's, uh, it's been challenging. Uh, We spoke about this already on previous shows about Mm -hmm. what it's like for the two of us. Um, It's something that's going to be a daily challenge every single day. And as long as we get through it unscathed, I think that's, that's the the right way forward.
1: Yeah. And don't worry about if you're doing things that you think you shouldn't do that you wouldn't normally do, you know, like, putting the tv on or giving them some ready-made snacks yeah. or whatever don't worry about it you got to do what you've got to do to get through it's not going to be forever and they will be okay yeah the main thing is is that if you're okay the kids will be okay exactly if you're not okay then the kids will will pick up they on will that. suffer yeah no but they'll pick up on it as well so you're better off doing what you need to do Today, I didn't feel that great. We had the TV on. Mm. And you know, it was fine.
0: Yeah, exactly. Who's here to judge?
1: Exactly. On the days when I can manage it. And everything's okay, we play. Yeah. On the days I can't, the TV goes on.
0: There you go. Parenting 101. Yeah. Um, but uh, shout out to the fact that there was only one other woman on this panel with us, whose name was also Jyoti.
1: I know, it was so confusing. And then to differentiate between us, they decided to call me, wait for it, Jyoti Barakas. Jyoti boop, boop. Barakas. The B in Jojo B does not stand for Barakas. Oh,
0: doesn't it, Jojo B? Well,
1: it didn't. It used to be the, the first letter of my maiden name. Mm. And that's why I was called Jojo underscore B.
0: Mm. But now...
1: But now, apparently it's Barakas.
0: Big up yourself, Jojo B. You finally you know, you know, realized, realized who you're married to and accepted it, which is six years overdue, obviously. No, I didn't Um,
1: accept it. They named me that.
0: What? Your, your, your marriage certificate named you that?
1: (laughs) Yes. I signed my name, Mrs. Barakas. That's what's on all of my, you know, credit cards and my passport. Mrs. (laughs) Barakas. So you're just
0: going to tell everyone now. So now there's going to be all kinds of like fraud and you know, identity fraud yes, and shit. if you
1: want to defraud me, my name is Mrs. Baracus. <laughs> There's
0: literally nothing in the account either, so, so you were not exactly going to be getting much. Um,
1: um, we are talking of, you know, being on things together.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, if you wanted mass orgies, we can't even do that in the current lockdown either. So, do you know what I mean, it's not even an option.
1: Yes. Um, we were also on a podcast called The Sisterhood of Mummy Imperfect. Big up. And we were talking about love in lockdown. Yeah. So,
0: so from the, the responsible duties of being a parent in lockdown, we now went to the reaches of debauchery when it comes to love in lockdown
1: it was more about whether we could stand to look at each other anymore
0: yeah our relationship yes yeah.
1: <laughs> um and we discussed that with the lovely Rena, who's the host yes
0: indeed shout to sisterhood. Rena. thank you so much for having us
1: yes um and yeah it was it was fun
0: yeah I was, I was wondering how deep she was gonna go in terms of like the questioning on you know what we get up to basically when it comes to love in lockdown <laughs> I was like, "Where are we going with this? Yeah, where are we going with this, mate?" Like, you know, with each question, it was like delving deeper and deeper. But you know, it's you know, it's all love. You know, we we you know we keep uh, things very uh, PG here on the Native Immigrants, and we like to replicate that on any podcast that we're PG when we f and blind every other word. Usually, the content's very PG. You can f and blind that. Now we're living in an era where you can say f on a PG or a twelve. Maybe only 12. once,
1: though. There's rules in it. You can only say fuck oh, once. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah. So we're probably, we're probably like a 15, isn't it? Yeah. 15. We can get with 50 Because we don't say anything worse than the F word.
1: I think I've said the C word a couple of times. Have
0: you? I think so. I would have deleted those off straight away, fam.
1: Oh, maybe I haven't. I no, know. I think I just say them on my
0: Twitter. Yes, you do. You <laughs> get called out on it quite a lot as well. Do you know what I mean?
1: No, no one calls me out. Everyone agrees when I say that. Because I only ever use it sparingly.
0: I'm the one who calls you out on it, basically. Yes. That's what I'm trying to say
1: yes yeah but when have i ever listen to you
0: <sighs> she hasn't and she continues to not do so
1: if you'd like to listen back to us talking about love in lockdown with rena on mm. the sisterhood of mummy imperfect you can find it on apple podcasts yes and yes. there's a whole array of other topics that she talks about about parenting and um maternal mental health as we were just talking about awesome um all, all sorts of um, different subjects and topics around the world of parenting becoming a parent and dealing with that new world of being a parent being a parent yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah. it's a whole new world being mummy and daddy um, yeah but talking of uh, mummy and daddy mm. we also have a couple of parents on the second half of this show Dr. Amit Patel and his lovely wife Seema and we to be talking to them After this break, see you on the other side people. Welcome back to the second half of the Native Immigrants. This is Swami Barakas. and this is JoJo B. And on this half of the show, we were hoping to bring in a special guest. We were, but unfortunately, they didn't quite work out the way we planned it. What? The problem is, like you know, when sometimes people get really big, yeah, and then they just you know don't want to know you because we're a small-time podcast and we're quite you know minuscule compared to the high-end stuff. That certain celebrities get involved with.
2: Uh-huh.
0: You know, so we tried to reach out to superstar guide dog, Kika the Dog, yeah to join us for, you know, an interview in our podcast. Uh-huh. And obviously she's high-end, you know, and so, you know, then the lawyers get involved, the PR team get involved, the, agent. the agents get involved, yeah. you know, and then there's obviously an appearance fee. Yeah. And obviously we can't really afford that because, you know, we're all on lockdown currently. Um, with minimal money coming in. Yeah. And so, yeah, unfortunately we can't have Kika the guide dog as a guest on our show. She's
1: too big for us.
0: Too big, way too big. But we've been lucky enough to get her entourage on the show instead. The hangers-on. The hangers-on. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the you know the the troupe that accompanies her to all her events. Yeah. Um, but we're, you know, we're lucky enough that they're also two awesome people themselves.
1: And they'll do, yes. And they
0: will do, they will do yeah. you know. It's last minute. There's not much we can do now and stuff. So this is like a nice little alternative consolation prize for us. Yeah. But um, but we are lucky enough to be joined on this week's show by Dr. Amit Patel and his lovely wife Seema. How are you guys doing?
3: We're good. We're, we're glad Kika kind of passed this on to us. Uh, we feel pretty honoured.
2: Absolutely, really, really, really tough to uh, to be able to stand in for Kika uh, as her entourage, you know, PR team here and photographer, and you know,
3: and a, a, a dog the dog walker, the person who writes all our twit twi- twitters, tweets, tweets, tweets. <laughs> <the weather wants. laughs> Big um, up, yeah, yeah. Honored, as, far, happy. As, as far as I know, it's, uh, her
0: loss is our gain, is, what our, is how we we'll look at it, basically. Um, you might just hear her in the background though snoring away. Really? Oh,
1: that's what she's doing. She told us she was busy, but she's just having a sleep.
0: Unbelievable. You know, you know what happens and stuff? They just get this massive ego and they tell us they're busy doing other events and stuff. And in actual fact, they're just having a
3: nap. No, this is it. this is a, she hears you, put, you probably get a couple of, couple of um, snores, would you say? Snores. Yeah, a couple of, a couple of um, noises here and there. And then she'll kind of pop her head up, Aww. go back to sleep again. And then that's it. Well, thanks a
0: lot, Kika. Unbelievable. <laughs> but for people that don't know who Dr. Ama Patel and Seema are, why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourselves um, and in particular the efforts that you guys do in raising awareness for the visually impaired um, and for guide dogs?
3: Well, a little bit, little bit of history. Um, so I haven't always been blind. Lost my sight all seven years ago um, due to a hemorrhage in the back of my eyes. Uh, Before that, I was a doctor, a trauma doctor. So life was very, very different for us. Um, And I guess, well, I I, well, I lost my sight about a year and a half after getting married. So you can imagine, kind of waking up one morning and you know the lights are off, and that's reality now. So I think it's it's been a it's been a learning kind of process for for and I because we've had to, you know, what we've had to talk about our feelings. And desis don't talk about feelings. Absolutely. (laughs) You you know, it's it's one of those things that we kind of have to be very open and honest. um, And because of that, we're kind of here now. But we have been very, very lucky. We've met some amazing people on my sight loss journey. And these amazing people have actually got me back on my feet again. Um, So the way I see it is it's happened to me. But there wasn't that much help out there when I was going through it, so we decided consciously to, to actually campaign and and fundraise and help others who are going through the same predicament we went through, and make it easier for others. Um, and it's become it's become a full time job. Hmm. Yeah. I think we 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 have our we have our work, and then we have this,
2: yeah, which is campaigning. It's social media. It's mainstream media appearances for Amit. I mean, I am literally just the hanger-on. Um, sure, I take sure. the photographs. I think that's something I can take credit for, but that's pretty much it. Um, Amit and I have been married up the eight years, actually, this week, and it has just been a crazy, crazy eight years. We had just, you know, big, fat Indian wedding, and it was all lovely, and then he lost his sight, and then it was all really rubbish for a really long time. <laughs> well, and, <enough. laughs> you know... Um, we've just we've come full circle um, and it's great to be able to talk about everything that we've been through and actually be quite open about it because like i said people don't talk about bad things in indian families yeah they don't talk about disability they don't talk about the hard stuff or anything negative and it's just you know opening up that conversation has been Difficult for us, and I think you know, tough on the families as well. But it's been a really positive thing to do. So that's what we do, and well, that's why we do it.
3: I'm pretty outspoken. I kind of, I think I kind of get that vibe when someone's very uncomfortable. Yeah, and then I will just kind of push <laughs> it a little bit more um, because I feel I can and I want to, and it should be spoken about, and it should be, you know, things shouldn't be hidden away. Mm. Um, and I think you know, if it's out in the open, people are more, we're, we're more, I guess. I guess we're more comfortable about talking about it if others are talking about it. Um, so that's that's you know we 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 will listen, we will help, we'll advise. But I think I think a lot of people talk to us because they feel they can openly talk about issues they're facing. So,
0: uh, yeah, amazing.
3: Uh, we're actually going to ask more questions about
0: um, the British Asian community specifically um, later on in this show. Um, but you know, the, interesting to go back to with the initial time period of this happening to you? How did it affect both both of you in the initial period? Because I I can't imagine the difficulties that you both must have faced as a newlywed couple, particularly for you, Seema. um, You know, this must have been a very, very, it's a life changing moment. Um, But that initial process for you must have been very, very hard.
2: Oh, it was awful. I mean, there's there's no beating around the bush it was absolutely horrible I mean I've I've never really been ill myself never been in hospital I think the one time I was in hospital I had a tooth removed um and I was about 13 and that was it um I've never had anybody be you know terribly sort of ill or go through something like that close to me other than losing um grandparents so for my husband and we'd been married for just a year and a bit to suddenly lose his sight overnight. I mean, I was so lost. I didn't know what to do. Um, you know, he, he was going through a horrible, horrible time, but, and you know, all the focus is then on, obviously on him because, you know, he's unwell and this is all happening. But then I sort of stood there by his side, like, well, actually, what does this mean for me? What does this mean for us? What does this mean for our life together? And, yeah. you know, at one point I didn't leave the house for weeks, months, and you nice, know, three months, three months. I, w- I was still trying to hold down a job and you know, sort of just function as a normal human being. And it was just that was just horrible. Didn't know what to do. I was sort of taking one day at a time and taking, um, taking deep breaths and trying to keep myself sane in between looking after him. Hmm. Did you have any
1: inkling that there would be any, that there were any problems with with your eyes beforehand, or was it literally suddenly, as just waking up one day? And not being able to see. Did you did you have any idea of any kind of pre-existing illness or anything like that?
3: Yeah, so I, I have um, a condition called keratoconus, which changes the shape of your corneas. Um right. it's normally it's normally identified in children at quite a young age because it's normally something that opticians notice. Um and it could it could be rectified very easily. Uh for me, it wasn't it wasn't identified until I was in my final year of med school. So it was, um, it was quite late on, but it developed very, very quickly, which meant I had to wear large lenses on my eyes filled with water. Well, filled with saline, actually. Mm. Um, and I had to pop them in my eyes without losing a drop of saline. Otherwise you get an air bubble. Um, but it kind of, it took me a while to get used to those. I, and I, I functioned absolutely fine with those for a while. Had corneal transplants, had a few rejections, had more corneal transplants and all this is between going to work, having transplants and going back to work again. Um, and then I had, I had my final transplants and everything seemed fine. There was no issues whatsoever. And it just one, one day, over, I guess over a small period of time, some pressure built up in my eyes and it just went pop. And that was it. There was no, no build up to it. There was no forward planning. There was no... There was never a discussion where me and my Mavis sat down and said, well, if I ever lose my sight, we will do this or we'll have this in, you know, as a backup. There was none of that. So when it happened, it just happened.
2: No, oh, Lots of people have keratoconus and, and live with it because, you know, they can just use lenses or they have a corneal transplant. and It's absolutely fine. It's not something that causes sight like loss.
3: loss. I'm very, very rare.
2: I mean, he's so special. So <laughs> special. That's
3: why she married me. Yeah.
2: One in a million, or whatever the odds are. That's what I keep telling him. He always was, always
0: will be, right? It's amazing how far you've come from that initial incident um, till today. And you've just written a book, which is awesome, called Kika and Me, which is out now. So for everyone listening in, please go out, support, find a copy of that book and learn more about their story. In terms of the reasoning for for writing the book um tell us a little bit more about the inspiration behind it um because you mentioned that it was actually an um an incident on the tube that uh, inspired the initial thought process behind it
3: yeah well we we never really thought about actually writing a book it never it never really crossed our minds i think it was more other people saying you should write your story um and it, it got to the point where we we, we it did sit down We think we we said you know should we write something? And then we kind of came to the conclusion, well, it's, it's our lives. Why would anybody be interested? And we kind of put it to one side. And over about a year, we constantly got inundated with, um, with requests from literary agents saying, awesome. we, we know your story, you, you know, you should write a book about it. And, it, and it, it got to a point where we just kept dismissing it, dismissing it, dismissing it until a, the literary agent we have now, Lauren Gardner, got in touch with us um and it only happened that she actually represented a few authors that Seema was reading books from um and it just came out from a conversation from there we we met up with Lauren um kind of clicked straight away because she she understood that if we're going to write a book it's going to be very deep it's going to be honest we're not going to sugarcoat anything um and she was really behind us and she basically said to us look let's let's put something together Um, you know, maybe, maybe maybe a publishing company will say yes, or maybe they'll just all say no, but until we give it a go, we don't know. And I think what surprised us is when we did put a proposal together, that the top 10 publishing houses all got in touch and said, we want this book. So now it became not us pitching for a book, but now it's, it's publishers actually pitching us and saying, this is what we can do for you. Um, which was which was weird, which was, you know, which was completely weird for us.
2: To have people interested in the story, and this is just at the publisher stage, I mean, it's even weirder, weirder now that people are reading the book and know so much about us and our lives. Um, but, you know, to, to go through that process of, you know, writing it and thinking about it, it was really cathartic,
3: actually. But there was one condition on the book, and that was, the book would have never happened unless Seema wrote a chapter, because... As Seema said at the beginning, a lot of the focus was on me, but Seema went through this with me. Yeah. She 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 was there all the way. So I kind of wanted people to to understand how she felt and for her to be honest about how she felt and what got her through it. Um, and she obviously she agreed. And here's the book, you know, and it is really a life story, and it is very honest. I think it's um, you know, there's the when, when people get in touch with me and actually say, I mean, I've read your book and it's made me cry, it's made me laugh, it's made me cry again. But I understand, you know, or I've gone through similar, you know, feelings, but I haven't lost my sight. I've gone through something completely different, but the, the feelings are still there. Um, and that's what we wanted out of it. It's not a book about sight loss. It's about how people come together when you need them. It's about you can't you can't do everything by yourself. You can't control everything by yourself. You need to sometimes let go and just just kind of go with it. Um, oh that's 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 Kika making herself comfortable by
0: the way. <laughs> the true star of the book really to be oh, fair. Oh she's,
3: she's right here now. Head head nestled on my on my leg. Um, you can you can probably hear her breathing really heavily now. Lovely. Um but yeah it's you know she's like when when you're going to talk about me. <laughs> but, um, that's so, that's, what it, that's what it really is. That, that was written
2: in the uh, the agreement right that we have to get her name in there somewhere. Obviously. But, yeah, no, but
3: the, the the book was really about you know, it's when when you feel that everything is over, when you feel that you can't go on anymore, there's always that light at the end of the tunnel. You know, there's always hope. But sometimes you have to come out of your comfort zone. Sometimes you have to be the one who has to stand up and say, I need help. And that's really difficult. And for me being a doctor, I'm the one people used to come to for help. So for me to stand around and say, Well, I need help, that was really difficult for me because I thought I had all the answers, I had all the solutions. Um, and sometimes knowing too much is not always the best thing.
0: Yeah.
3: Um, because when I lost my sight straight away, I knew there was no way I was ever going to get my sight back. But then you kind of go down the whole spiritual side of things thinking, you know, there's miracles that happen every day. Hopefully, you know, my sight might come back as quickly as it did as, as it went. Um, but you know, the doctor's hat on, I kind of knew that wasn't the case. So you're kind of having those internal struggles all of the time um so it's 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 a it's a book kind of very much this is what happened and this is where we are now but but look at us and there's no way we could do this on our own yeah. it's you know this book is dedicated to the amazing people that we've met on our journey and who still give us all that kind of kind of energy when, when i have a bad day i you know i pick up the phone and talk to dave one of my mates who who is a guide dog owner who is Who is the engagement officer for Guide Dogs, but he's had he's he's lived with sight loss all of his life. And he's my rock, Mm. you know, and we we can we can we can have a really serious conversation, but by the end of it, I've got a smile on my face. Because I know I'm not the only one going through this.
2: I think what's really important as well is that when we when Amit lost his sight, we didn't know anybody else who was blind. Mm. Like we we were just completely uh in this new world and we didn't know how to deal with it. We didn't know what to do. We didn't know who to talk to. We didn't know how how he could even make a cup of tea safely. I mean, we had so many accidents in the house. Um I I was really worried about going to work and leaving him. So we were in this whole new world. We've just had to learn everything from scratch. Yeah. Like yeah. completely everything. Like what what does being blind actually mean? What implications does that have? You know, how how does Amit learn to walk again safely, to get out safely, to go and... I mean, even him getting a pint of milk was impossible at one point. Like, it was just such a change in pace and lifestyle for him, but also for us as, as a family, as, as a couple. So, you know, the reason we started sharing things on social media was because we were learning We were learning it, our families were learning it, and we just started to talk more about it publicly so that anybody else who was interested would also learn along with us. And we learned everything from, you know, again, getting out at mobile and doing the basics around the house to um, him meeting Kika and that whole process of getting to know her and becoming more independent. So, you know, the book tells that story as well, and it hopefully puts into context just a little bit that... We we're just a normal married couple, just like anybody else. And this blindsided does, and we had to learn to live with it.
3: Well, it's one of those things that it could happen to anybody. Yeah. You know, you don't, you don't ever think you're going to go through life and then something dramatic is going to happen and you kind of have a backup it, you know, it, it could happen to anybody and it happened to us and it is either you move on or you don't. And. Seaman, and I are pretty strong wills. You know, we, we know what we want. It's just a matter of actually going out there and actually finding the resources and and moving on but sometimes you're told so when i lost my sight i was told that it could take up to nine months before someone could come to the house and actually teach me how to use a white cane oh wow so that really meant for nine months i'd be on my own and i can't leave the house without anybody else so if you imagine if i lived on my own how difficult would that be Yes. so this is why we campaign this is why we tell people this is so important you know if you if someone loses their sight and they can't get out of the house for nine months they can lose all of that independence that motivation they had um so this is why we do it
1: you mentioned your um support system and you seem to have quite a an extensive support system now but you're kind of at that point your existing support system your friends and your family how did they find this and and what was their reaction to what was going on? And did you get the support you needed from them?
3: Do you know what? You soon find out who your true friends are when you're going through anything like this. Um, you get... Some Some people think that... Some people just don't know what to say. So for them, they just rather not say anything at all. So it means that you kind of... They just lose contact with you completely. Um, ones Friends you think, you know, who aren't really the closest friends... Sometimes they, they surprise you. They're the ones who would pick up the phone and have a conversation. Yeah, um, we're, I'm very lucky. I, you know, my mum and dad are very, very kind of strong when it comes to being independent. You know, you, if you want something, you work hard, you get it. That's how me and my brother were brought up. When I lost my sight, it was very much my parents said, well, Amit, you know, if you don't do this for yourself, nobody else is going to do it for you. Um, and that's how I kind of grew up anyway. So I knew I had to kind of do everything myself. But you, you soon find that you know, not everybody, everybody thinks, you, you kind of get the pity a lot from, from friends and family. You know, oh, poor, poor Amir, or poor Seema. Now Seema's going to have to look after Amit for the rest of his life. And, yeah. and Seema's just turn around and say, well, no, going can look after himself. You know, and that's how we kind of got through it. Um, friends, you know, the whole Asian community, the whole disability side of things, People don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Um, so it was just never really spoken about. So we just got on with it ourselves, did not we, really?
2: Yeah. I mean, like Amit's family are really close by, which is brilliant. My parents are up north. Um, it's a really, really long way away. Um, and you know, it's, it was tough not having them around. But I had some really good friends around that helped me through through the day to day. But I think what happens in these circumstances, if you're going through a tough time, you tend to shut down quite a lot as well. Um, we became quite insular for quite a while, um, just trying to work through the day-to-day and sort of survive it and figure out our own way through it before we were ready to talk to everybody else. And, you know, we spent a good few months, I think, just sort of working getting out... Used to it. Yeah, getting used to it and working out how, how we do things and what we do and how our life is now.
3: Because it went from, it went from working every day to not working. It went from working so hard to be a doctor and, and being in the profession I I loved talking about transferring to be a GP, just so I could be at home a bit more. We're thinking about starting a family. All of that went down the drain. It literally with a click of a finger, it all stopped. Um, So it's, it's, it's learning to live in the dark, which was the hardest thing. And it's, and it's, it's small wins. It's, it's it's trying to it's trying to find the toothbrush and the toothpaste in the bathroom it's funny how you can walk around your house every single day and do things without even thinking about it you close your eyes and you really do have to think about it you know even walking in a straight line with your eyes closed you can't do it walking down the stairs or, or just touching things feeling things um so all of this takes a lot of energy it takes a lot of Kind of, it takes a lot of brain power to just kind of navigate your own environment and that's without even walking out of your house so for me it was always small small wins you know it, that that kind of built up to something but it it was I think I think you also want to I guess I guess you also want to kind of think well what is there in the future you know is this how my life is always going to be and I think I didn't want that to be my life. I didn't, want, I didn't want to be that scared boy in the house who would never leave. Um, and, and with the help of Seema and my family, you know, here we are now. Um, it's a complete contrast. You know, my life hasn't been this wonderful ever. You know, we're, we're probably in the happiest place we've ever been. Um, and we've worked hard. We've, we kind of went from a two-income household to a one-income household overnight. Um, and since then, we've bought two houses. Uh, up. We've You're got up. Kika, we've got two kids, and all this in seven years. We started up, we started all over again. Um, but you can do it.
0: Well, that's inspirational stuff. Um you mentioned like your families and um you know coming from a British Asian background, there's a lot of things that are progressive about our culture, but there's also a lot of things that are quite regressive, um, especially yeah. when we, it concerns, you know, some of the elders in our communities and, and some of the the wider um, aspects of our community as well. What has the support been like from the community? Because, you know, with, with something like this happening, there could be a lot of ignorance as well from, um, you know, certain parts of our community towards it. Um, have you encountered any negativity from our community,
3: from the British Asian community as such? Oh, do you know what? We're, it depends on where you go in London. So we, when we, when we went to Wembley, people would stop and stare. They forget I can, I can, I can understand Gujarati. They, they, they forget I can understand a bit Hindi. But they will stop and stare. And it, it's what well, I obviously don't see it, but Seema does, and Seema gets really angry about it because even walking down the road, this is pre kika walking down the road with a white cane, or even if I hold the white cane in my hand and kind of link arms with Seema people still bump into us. People will still tell us to get out of their way. Um, or they will just stop yeah. and just stare and they will make it into something which it really isn't.
2: For me, it's a pitying looks. Yeah.
3: Um,
2: from the minute Amit lost his sight and we'd be out and about together and he'd have a white cane, you know, it's a sort of, oh, bichari oh, or or type, you know, uh, expressions you'd get from people on, on the street. um, but in terms of the community, I mean, the family and the people around us have always been brilliant um, and really supportive, but, you know, that that you always get the sense of people thinking, oh, you know, poor things, or oh, their life's over now, like, that's it. And that was very much the initial reaction. Everybody just thought, you know, that oh. was it. Like, they, they weren't going to see or hear of us again, because that's what happens when somebody is disabled, they are oh, sat should've... at home quietly and you know, they sort of disappear from community and disappear from from life and have somebody take them around everywhere. And that's about it.
3: Or I've done the wrong type of yoga (laughs) and I need to do the other type of yoga and I get my sight back. I give out a lot. Yeah.
2: Or eat more carrots. Oh, eat more carrots. Yeah, what kind
0: of crazy remedies have you been uh, advised to take to alleviate this? Oh, people
3: would send me random (laughs) YouTube videos and say, you need to watch this. And then I kind of think, well, I can't actually watch it um or but the, if, you, if you if you do this or listen to this or meditate this way you get a little bit of your sight back Oh, there's a doctor
2: in india oh, doing some do, amazing yes. work um at which point i think we just shut down yeah and i go away you know that you can you can look at all of these interesting ideas and explore them and it's all very nice to think about but one thing we found that when i'm at lost society is that you know we went and spoke to lots of doctors and had lots of appointments and lots of people looking and you know you cling on to these little clinks of light and hope and that there might be a cure there might be a solution it might change and actually the thing you need to do is to a certain extent accept it we realized that actually things weren't going to change we need to just accept it and move on and get on with our lives um and our lives want to be something different it might not be what people would expect of us but actually we're just going to do what we want to do
3: yeah
2: and what we wanted to do was live a normal life normal for us is amit i need you to pick up some milk and bread on the way home or you know is that why i go to the
3: pub big up
2: (laughs) (laughs) or pick up the kids from nursery or whatever i don't want to have to think twice about you know us being able to do normal things and haven't been able to do normal things so you know I don't care what people think or say of us because we've been talking about it or because we're giving you know their kids ideas about you know what they can and can't do um we just want to get on with our lives as normally as possible you mentioned Seema
1: about how you know you go out and about in an Asian area and you get looks of pity and things like that but as Swami mentioned our community can be quite aggressive and um there is quite often the blame can sometimes be very backwardsly laid at the feet of the wife when it comes to things like this happening um did you get any of that did you have any of that kind of negative well you did something wrong as a wife kind of kind of commentary or did you get anything any feedback like that from anybody
2: luckily no and i think they would have you know really heard it from me if if anybody had ever dared to say anything like that this is not a, a sort of blame game situation there's no it's nobody's fault um, and, and and luckily yeah nobody said anything like that landing it on me but it was also equally not amits fault or anybody around him it was just really horrible luck really horrible
3: circumstances but you know what you say that you say it's horrible luck I think looking back at it now, if I hadn't lost my sight, we wouldn't be right here right now and we wouldn't be this happy and we wouldn't have Kiku in our life.
0: And you wouldn't be balling with two houses, man. That's a... <laughs> I know.
3: <laughs> well, we had to one of them balling. to move here. But um, it's... Uh, we, uh, it's you know, we're both pretty headstrong. We know what we want. We, we And we work hard.
2: And I, th- th- I don't think...
3: This is what I think people don't understand is we have to work 10 times harder than anybody else to do the same thing. We, we, it might look flawless, yeah. but that isn't, that doesn't come overnight. It's, it's, it's the fact that we, we think about what we do all of the time. So, you know, just Mm-mm. the simple thing, if I'm walking around my house, I know where everything is. Cause I've put it there. You know, our house is pretty clean. Cause it has to be. Otherwise, if you start moving things around, I'll never find it. But the moment I step out of my door, I have no control, absolutely no control. So even walking to the train station, it's a nightmare. Getting on a train is a nightmare. Getting off the other side and going to work is a nightmare. But I do it with a smile on my face because it makes people around me more comfortable. Not because it makes me comfortable, but I'm doing it for everybody. And all of this takes energy. All of this takes efforts. You know, I can't show my real emotions when I'm out and about. I can't show the fear when I'm in a place and I'm actually, I don't know where I am. What do I do? Where do I go? Who do I ask for help? It's, you, you just have to do it. And I don't think a lot of people appreciate that. So when people see me walking out and about, I've got a smile on my face. But I don't think they quite see how much effort goes into that.
2: And also how mentally and physically exhausting it is. I mean, Amit used to come home in the beginning, it's pre-Kika, and just come home completely exhausted. And his eyes used to hurt as well. And they still do. It's like sort of chilli burning in his eyes. And, you know, he'd almost be in tears um, after just a simple trip out to, you know, a class or a lesson or something. Um, He'd have taken the tube and come home and just be completely broken. And that would be it. He'd be done for a good three days before he could step out again, before he's physically and mentally strong enough to do that. So, um, you know, the little things that people take for granted doing are quite, you know, quite hard for us and take a lot more effort. But like I say, we just want normalcy. So as much as we can do to keep it normal and get on with it, we, we try and do that.
0: You actually mentioned there um, about mental health, um, and you know, and something like this happening would take a massive toll on you emotionally and mentally. Did you seek any external outside help during the time to to help you through this process at all?
3: Yeah, I did. Do you know what? It was it was uh, a couple of months into it. I needed to talk to someone. I needed to. the 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 thing is, as much as I was going through it all, I didn't want to. I didn't want to burden Seema and my family with it all. You know, I would. I would disappear in the bathroom. I have a cry halfway through a conversation with like Seema, and then come back and pretend that you know. I think old oh, Seema doesn't hasn't realised, but she she can see that the, the blood stained tears on my cheek uh, from my eyes. She, it's it's obvious, but she would never say, Amit, Are you okay?" Because she would. She knows I'd lie. I'll just say, "Yeah, I'm fine." um but i needed to talk to someone about it and luckily the, the person that luckily when i when i when i got someone to talk to their i think it was their parents that was severely sight impaired one i think one parent was blind so the counselor i was talking to actually grew up in a household where her where one of the parents was blind and actually understood everything i was saying um and i think that really helps i think i kind kind of came out of those sessions thinking well You know, I'm not the only one going through this, even though I I kind of knew that anyway. But you just need someone to tell you, you kind of need someone to reinforce it. And it's nice when it's a stranger, someone who's been there before, someone who's kind of had those experiences, as opposed to a loved one who's just telling you that just so you kind of feel better. Um, But I think that that I think you need to talk to someone. Otherwise, those demons start talking and they get louder and louder and louder and and that's that calm, that, 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 that voice you normally listen to is, you know, you, you can't hear us anymore. Um, and we've, we've, we've lost a few friends. We've, we've, we've lost a few friends through sight loss who, who just can't deal with it. And they've taken their own lives. Oh,
2: wow. um,
3: Gosh. And we know how hard it is because we've been there and, you know, it's, it's such a tipping point. Um, so this is this is why we're very open about it. This is why I will, you know, if someone genuinely wants to know something, we will we will we will answer it. And we we as I said we don't sugarcoat it because it's real life. I don't think it helps if we say, Oh yeah, you know, you get you get over it, it get, becomes easier. It doesn't. You need to work at it and sometimes even now, I, I'm pretty confident. I'm a pretty confident guy. Even now, some, some stranger could say the, the, the rudest thing to me, and it will play off in my head for days and days and make me angry and angry. You know, when, when, when I'm on a train and someone will say to me, oh, disabled people shouldn't ride the trains at peak time. That infuriates me when, when someone says that, um, you know, well, you shouldn't get on this train. It's really busy. Try and get on the next one. Well, I don't get on the train at seven o'clock in the morning for the fun of it. I'm, I'm on the train, same as you getting to work, but they can't see past the disability. And it's, and it's small things like that, that really do. It annoys me. I think I get really, really angry about it, but I have to be quiet. And I don't want to be the one shouting at someone, um, because it's not going to do any good, but mental health is such a struggle and I, and it really is and it could, it doesn't have to be sight loss it could be the smallest things um but it's it's such i think it could take over sometimes
2: yeah
1: how do you handle social media trolling then in terms of cuz you're so out there on social media and you're so honest about your life on there as well there's always a troll out there there's always someone who has something negative to say how do you handle that then in terms of in terms of just kind of not letting that get to you as much
3: do you know what it does get to us it's um when we first started i think well we the, the funny thing is we we do a lot of media but we don't go to the media and the media come to us um and then you will get someone say well why don't you why don't you publish my blog i've been writing for 10 years i'm visually impaired and you don't do it I have no, e- I have no idea why they don't, don't publish your blog. But then, then it's very much well, you're brown, that's why they're doing it. Or if I see you out and about, I'm going to push you off the, 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 the platform. Oh my what god! You hell. get you get people who actually say this. Um, and then I think it, what, it was a couple of years ago. We we nearly actually stopped social media because of the trolling. Oh my Oh my days. god! Uh, we we. But the one thing, the one thing that kept us going. Is all those amazing messages from other people saying, "Emmet, I'm so glad you're fighting for this because I don't have the energy to fight this campaign," or you know, "I'm glad you've spoken about this because this is something that affects me or affects our our life." And one of the one really, I, I think one one message we we got is from from a, from a from a young Asian actually who recently got married, and she was going through sight loss, and she sent us a message saying, "Emmet, I've read all about you, you know." It's it's amazing what you do. But she said, My family aren't that supportive and they've had to move they've had to move up north from London because if her family found out that she was losing her sight, they would just disown her. Mm. And these are from an Asian family. And they're saying, you know, it's when you hear stories like that, it, to us it means well, more education out there. You know, you can't change everybody's mindset, but you can get it out there, you know.
2: The sight loss doesn't have to be the end of end of your life or you know any sort of disability doesn't have to be the end of your life um but we have had such lovely messages from people who found you know the things that amit talks about through his and Kika's accounts really um either educational or helpful or just given them some inspiration but the trolling side of it is horrible i mean i've been in tears with messages we've re- received in the past Um, and it's been really awful but we've just developed a bit of a thicker skin I think through everything over the past six seven years um, of doing it we've just had to had to toughen up and accept that if I was going to do this he's going to have a public profile and it's going to happen and um, we're going to have to learn how to um, how to handle it better
0: yeah absolutely I think you know, the way you've got to look at it is for every one negative comment, there'll be 10 to 50 people showing you messages of love and support. And that's that's what we do this for. We do this for the people that show us love and show us support and to open up that discussion and open up that dialogue. And- Absolutely. Absolutely. Because do you know what? It's
3: it's. It's the messages where they say, Do you know what? It's sometimes the one that that really annoys me is I mean, stop talking about this. It doesn't happen to me. And this is from other visually impaired people. But, you know, you don't, that person doesn't live in London. They live in the countryside. They don't do the commutes. They don't have a guide dog. It's a whole different lifestyle. And they're
2: often not brown.
3: And they're not often brown. This is the thing.
2: I mean, how many brown guys do you see out there with guide dogs?
3: Yeah, this is it. While talking about sight loss or talking about disability, talking about the fact that things have to change.
2: You're prominent because, you know, there aren't other people doing it at the moment. Um, and whether that's because they're not confident enough to get out there and talk about it, or because they're put off because of, you know, either reactions from within the community or from, you know, social media or otherwise, it's it's um, by putting yourself out there, you, you become um, a target. a target.
0: Well, you know, that's, that's almost a reason for us doing this show as well. It's to open up those conversations, uh, the things that our communities don't want to talk about, um, and hope to educate and hope to, you know, just communicate things to people to, you know, to start to eradicate some of these, you know, ignorant backwards um, steps and things that people do within our community. Um,
1: And also becoming a target can also be you're also becoming at the same time, a source of inspiration and actually a source of hope for some people as well so yes you might be a target for some people but for most people you'll actually just be a real source of inspiration and knowing that you know with strength when you have times of adversity whether that is sight loss or any other kind of um, personal issue that you have that if you you know if you have the right support system around you and you ask for help that actually uh, things can change and I think that's the real source of inspiration that you guys give. 100%.
0: And when we carry on on the other side, we will continue to talk to Dr. Amit Patel and Seema and find out what life is like for them in the current lockdown. See you on the other side, people. Welcome back to the Native Immigrants. I'm Swami Barakas. And I'm Jojo B. And as we cut off for a break just now in between segments of this show, we found out some new stuff about Amit <laughs> that has that shocked me and surprised me. Not only did he grow up in Guildford, but he also went to a state school with a ski slope.
1: You are a ski slope?
0: Doesn't everybody what like us growing up in schools in Southall and Newcastle respectively yeah right the the only slopes we had was as ones that we'd make ourselves for our b- bikes to kind of pivot off which are like a, a meter in the air potentially but a ski slope in a school
3: that's that's how we do it in Guildford that's, wow you know it's uh, if you're gonna do it you do it properly but not just the ski slope, we had, we had, we had tennis courts, football fields, rugby fields, oh basketball sh- courts. Yeah, we did all right.
1: We had that in Newcastle as well. But for skiing, what we used to do was not skiing, but sledging with a baking tray on a snowy hill.
3: Wow. Oh, we did that in the Surrey Hills. Oh, yeah, we yeah. definitely did that in the Surrey Hills. But um, dry ski slope, a bit prickly on the, on the backside when you fall over. But apart from that, <laughs> You know, you can't complain.
2: I don't think Abbott's been skiing since, let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah. You don't see many Asian skiing though,
1: do
0: you? About to say, it's uh it's the one thing we try to avert ourselves from uh, as much as humanly possible is the cold and the snow. And so you know, Oh,
3: do you know why I used to I used to love roller hockey uh, um ice hockey lacrosse as well. Ice hockey. <laughs> I used to you do a lot like ice hockey.
0: hockey. This guy. So one minute, so ski slopes. Ice hockey. I usually didn't grow up in like Canada. <laughs>
3: oh, we did. We had, we had. Uh, oh, what you know? What I think I, I did quite a fair bit of sports. Quite, a, yeah.
2: yeah. I'm I was into everything. I even, every I, sport even out there.
3: I even I even bought a motorbike off my PE teacher when I was fifteen years old.
1: Off your PE teacher? Who yeah, are you? For my and P what teacher. kind of teacher was this? A Yamaha
3: one two five dirt bike, rolled up, got home, said, Mum, can I put this in the garage? And she's like,
0: okay. One minute. Okay, so there's two, there's two things here. <laughs> One, who is this irresponsible teacher that's selling motorbikes <laughs> to minors? And two, which Gujarati mum would be like, yeah, that's fine, just bring a motorbike into our house and it's absolutely I, I, cool.
2: I wonder how much of she actually understood. I thought I think, Exactly. <laughs> as with Avic, even now, she usually thinks he's taking the Mickey or just making a joke. So my inkling is that she didn't think he was being serious and just said, oh, Abit, now go on. <laughs> <laughs> just, just do whatever and come and have dinner, you know. That makes
0: a lot more sense. Um, and didn't
2: quite click, so uh, yes. yeah. I think you got away with a lot that way, didn't you, Amit? Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, I mean yeah. I'm a Gujarati son as well. We're we're spoilt at the best of times, to be well, honest. Well, yes,
2: you are. And I continue <laughs> to
0: be spoilt by my my other half now, so the lineage still carries on.
1: I mean, you say spoiled I do what I have to do. Yeah. And it works.
0: <laughs> she gets by anyway. Do
1: you know what? I talk about to PE teachers. There's, there's a PE teacher in my school that got a sixth form and pregnant. What? Oh, no way. she just left she just <laughs> left sixth form. She just left sixth form and then she had a baby. And he was he was married to another teacher. Oh God. But he was having a he had an affair like in the summer after she left sixth form,
2: got her pregnant. You always hear these stories. Yeah.
0: Only in the north, though. Uh, only I'll in say. the north. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah we have ski I slopes down, down south the motherfucker I was
2: 16 and then sort of you know just leaving there was at least a couple of girls who were pregnant already That's what the north in the 90s
0: <laughs> different different <laughs> clearly different to the south in the 90s we were clearly balling on ski slopes um, as you do <laughs> so so you amit and seema how did you guys first meet
3: well you know what, Seema Seema came over to me, saw me, saw me. I, the said, oh, I, the like, I like the look of him. Wow. And it's just like chatting. So
2: this is what happens when I let I talk not talked too much. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we met just randomly. Um I was living in Brussels at the time actually and I was over in London for work and I was just about to hop on a Eurostar back again at King's Cross and I was having a drink at the bar and meeting some friends who were bringing some friends as you did back in you know London when you're young free and single and everyone's sort of catching up after work and um, I thought he was one of my friend's friends um, that I would met before and sort of made eye contact and smiled and then he came over and got chatting and no, it's very he much wasn't quite one of my friends friends and it just went from there.
3: She just basically saw me and said wow that looks like a, a handsome Patel boy I need to get away." <laughs> right, that Patel vibe was just there.
0: The Patel, the Patel vibe was in the air. The Patel aromas are in the oh, Aromas, <laughs> yes.
3: Yeah. It didn't help. Didn't help me walking in, singing like Desi songs and stuff. I mean, am like, yeah.
2: just let's just grapple with that. I'm just going to deny that completely. I mean, I, I love how there's had always, a there's things always things there's two
3: sides to every story, you know. Well, so, no, but yeah, it's funny though because you were li- you're living in Brussels. I was in London. Yeah, back and forth. Um, I would literally. It, it'd be so funny though because every time seemed would be in London. Obviously being in an A&E department, I can't, can't really walk out. Can't get, can't give her exact times and when I'll be at places. Seymour would end up having lunch, dinners on her own because I can, couldn't make it out. Um, most of the times it'll be a, a five minute high at the Eurostar. Yeah. Um, when she's about to board and I'd literally be running through the station, doctor's bags in hands, probably high vis jacket on. Cars parked outside with the fl- lights not, flashing. Not
2: making a scene whatsoever.
3: Yeah. Because <laughs> that
2: sounds very Bollywood. <laughs> yeah, it does. It, it was a little bit Bollywood, actually. It was quite funny. It
3: seems like, you're the least Bollywood person I yeah. know. I, I, I think I always, I always teased you saying, I am going to just burst out into song on the tube one day. No,
2: he did. Yeah. And I do it was stuff a threat. It's
3: a constant threat. It mm-hmm. still lingers over me sometimes. And then obviously that you've, got, you've
0: got to have the big sing, song and dance in, oh, the, in the Brussels landscape. Yes.
3: I can say do that. No, no problem whatsoever.
2: So yeah, we had a bit of a random um, yeah, random meeting and a sort of odd, odd romance in the early days, given we weren't in the same country.
3: Well, I think it was good though, because we didn't have anything in common. We're very chalk and cheese, which was good because we had things to talk about. Yeah,
1: Complete opposites. Yeah. See, this is what we're like as we're well. We're
0: complete opposites. We, we actually hated each other when we first <laughs> met.
1: Yeah, we um, did. We, oh, genuinely, we didn't like each yeah, other.
0: Yeah, absolute dislike and distaste. Really? Um, and here we are like no, 8 years later still dislike and distaste <laughs>
2: we met each other what what it just happened to 15 years ago do feel, now hey
1: 15 years ago we met
0: look how the times have gone and
1: it took us another 7 years to actually like want to talk to each other
0: for what? yeah and then another 7 for Jojo to try to wrangle my arm around to get together with her but here we Whatever. are
1: all's well ends well exactly and talking about you know like relationships and stuff you guys are like stuck together now with the lockdown as we are and uh, we were just wondering how well you were coping with it all you've got both of you guys you've got two little children and a and lovely kika the guide dog how is it how are you managing with all being in such kind of close proximity
3: do you know what it's it's funny you say that it's we've been here we've done it we've done yeah. the whole being at home not leaving the house um so we kind of it's it's not so bad yeah but it's it's doing it with two kids and a dog, which is the difficult part. Um, Kika's probably the most moody. Uh, <laughs> the she was, she was, The reason she was matched to me is she is a dog that needs to constantly be working. She needs to be stimulated. She needs, she needs to be walking through King's Cross at seven o'clock in the morning and walk through the crowd and make her way and get on the trains. Um, and then suddenly everything stops. So to her, she probably thinks, oh, I've just got really lazy and I don't go to work anymore. Oh, um, but the thing with Kika is... Well, we're all guide dogs, so you still need to keep a little bit of momentum going. So she, she'll she get a harness walk in the morning, we will take her out, but she's grumpy throughout the day. Um, yeah, two
2: walks a day is nothing, is nothing. for her, um, especially when I'm sort of trying to chivvy along with a three-year-old and push a buggy as well. And she's like, why are we going so slowly? This is ridiculous. Hurry mm. up um, for a little walk around the block. So she's, she's really grumpy.
3: And the three-year-old just doesn't understand why he can't go to his friend's house. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he has no idea why he can't go to the library or go to Bandala's house. Um, can't go to his gaka's house. Um when his gaka came round he had to wave to him from the doorstep and he had no I- no idea why he can't just go over and give him a hug.
2: Oh that was so heartbreaking. So heartbreaking holding him back from giving him a hug. Um mm. Yeah, he's grumpy. The baby obviously doesn't care. I mean She's loving it. She she just loves having <laughs> both of our attention all the time. Uh well, things missed out on you know swimming lessons and baby groups and all of that usual palaver that you take little ones to um when they when they're tiny and you're on maternity leave so um so she's lost that, but luckily she won't remember it so that's fine <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: ignorance is bliss
2: absolutely so we're all going a little bit crazy i must admit i mean just we've got we've got a garden and lots of space for a 3 year old to run around in and but he's going mental which means we're going mental yeah it's the, the story of all parents, isn't it?
3: And there's no routine, you know? Yeah, the routine goes go out by, the window. By his moods, don't we really? Yeah. Now? We, tried, mm. we tried
2: to get him to do, you know, oh, you know being good, good, good parents. like, you, know, you must sit down and do some learning and things because he's going to school in September. And you know, really must try and encourage him. That lasted all of five minutes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> our, our little one's actually learning things from CBB, So now I've kind of like lost the guilt. Of of (laughs) putting the TV on the whole day He's learnt the word star from Mr Tumble And he's learning all these other things And so I'm just like do you know what I don't feel so guilty putting the TV on every now and again so I can have a cup of tea. Yes, oh, the TV is, so.
2: is amazing. I've also been playing games from like the five-minute mum book, but then he just gets too excited. I mean, I tried one with um, balls in a ball pit, and I sort of put his put the letters of his name in there and made him sort of get in there and look for the letters and shout out the names of the letters when he finds them, and then help to arrange them into the into his name. And I mean, the carnage, the carnage, which <laughs> just. <laughs> unbelievable and and the amount of excitement over a capital a i mean yeah it broke me for the rest of the day so (laughs) we're just taking it as it comes trying to entertain him long walks to tire him out doesn't work (laughs) doesn't work (laughs) (laughs)
3: he's he's normally dressed up as superman or spider-man with a cape on and a mask (laughs) on um and he's running down the road with one up in one arm in the air pretending he can fly
2: this is lockdown living at its finest (laughs) (laughs) you sound like you're missing
1: nursery like we are oh Oh, yes so much
2: so much
1: i saw on um, twitter that you were having some issues with your nursery in terms of um what's been going on in terms you know like we're all having to figure out what with our nurseries and uh, you know having to pay fees and do you pay fees because they're not there and all that kind of drama that we've we've had
3: as well recently
1: um but you had a little bit more drama than most
3: yeah well i our nursery our nursery made plans before any government advice went out any any support advice went out um and they wanted everybody to pay full fees um and then pay 70% of the fees yeah. or 80% Some of may, the fees yeah. um indefinitely um and obviously we when when they when the government said that you know they they can they can throw a load of staff. Uh, we thought, well, you know, they're gonna they are gonna change their minds and there'll be a different, you know, different figures coming out. But our nursery decided nope. It's it's down to all the parents to to make sure the nursery is still running at the end of it and they expect full fees, regardless of who you are, how long your child child goes there for. And we we questioned it with with eight eight other parents. Yeah. So we questioned it with eight other parents and they decided, well, we don't like the, the, the tone the tone of your voice. So here's your here's your dismissal letter. But oh yeah, by the way, you still owe us another month or two. Oh wow.
0: That's crazy.
3: So yeah, it's not it's not it's not the nicest thing and it's, it's put it's put a lot of parents, you know, at, at a stage where, well, you know, if if you've if you've dropped your income, because 'cause I'm self employed, so my my jobs, everything up to November has been cancelled. Um, oh, for me. Wow. so obviously with the book coming out i had lots of book fairs one one or two every month um a trip to dubai for the um Expert. for the expo all of this is all, all my work has stopped so i'm thinking well if i've got zero coming in i'm not going to pay 70 percent to you oh. because that just that's not reasonable we we me and sima sat down and we said look 50 percent is good you know we'll pay 50 percent we'll make sure the nursery's still going by the end of it but any more than that is it's kind of a bit cheeky to ask other parents to pay, especially when a lot of parents have lost their jobs. A lot of parents who are self-employed have lost their jobs. So we we got together and we said, well, this is not acceptable. You must be able to do something else about it. And they said, well, off you go.
0: Unbelievable.
3: Um, so now we're looking for another anniversary for Nushka because she was supposed to start in June. Um, so, yeah, it's just... Uh,
2: and won't have the comfort of sending uh, the three-year-old back to nursery over the summer because he doesn't have a place. So we're going to be having him home uh, until he starts school in September, oh, which is which is loads of fun.
1: And that'll be a big change for him as well, going from school from home straight to school as well. That's going to be
3: yeah. yeah I, I think I think it's going to be hopefully hopefully before he starts. You know, things are going to calm down. He can get to see his friends and kind of we can get back into the swing of things. We can get to the library. We can do things he's used to again and kind of get him back in that mindset. Um,
2: but he's not the only one a lot a lot of children are in the same boat and a lot of parents you know won't be sending their kids back to nursery over the summer if they're starting school in September so I think it's going to be a bit of a period of adjustment for the lovely probably. thing
3: is our school has already called us and we've already spoken to him and they reassured I said just just do what you're doing don't worry about it we'll take care of Abby when he gets to school um, and we, we've you know we've got high hopes so that he'll be he'll be absolutely fine
1: that's really good. And it's it's good to hear that we're not the only ones in the same in that boat now yeah, in, in terms countless. of like dealing with nursery and, and figuring out how to how to pay for it generally and just kind of you know, with
3: So many pa- so I put it out on social media and the amount of people going through exactly the same thing. You know, you've got some nurseries who who understand. Who will say, okay, you know, we're furloughing our staff, so pay thirty percent. It kind of covers them. And you think, well, okay, that's fine. That's that's reasonable. You've got some some nurseries who would say, well, we don't want any fees because, you know, we we're, we're close. We we can't do anything anyway. Um, but when when you get when you get people when you get some nurseries who say, well, no, we want all the fees and we expect all the parents to, to support the nursery, you kind of think, well, no, if you haven't got an income coming in, how can you afford to pay? And you can't, you really can't, you know, you have, you have to think about your family before you can think about anything else. Everybody's got mortgages and rents and, you know, utility bills and everything else to pay. And if you haven't got anything coming in, how can you then pay nursery fees? If your child's not going. Absolutely. And that's just to keep your child's place nothing else
1: uh, yeah it's it's a it's a difficult situation and and I guess like a lot of people are in various different difficult situations and kind of trying to manage the lockdown as best as they can in terms of the lockdown for visually impaired people how is that how are you managing and are there special measures put in place for the visually impaired um are they are they classed as vulnerable in any way
3: not at all. So so you, want, so you hear the, um, the government have supplied supermarkets with lists of vulnerable people. The government thought that visually impaired people aren't vulnerable enough to be on that list. Um, when, and a, lot of, a lot of visually impaired people have deliveries from supermarkets. They rely on their deliveries uh, because they can't go into a supermarket to buy things themselves. And if they do, they're normally escorted by members of staff. But if you're having to keep that two meter distance, that doesn't work when you're visually impaired. So if I walk down the streets, I kind of hope that people will walk around me, or they'll cross the road, or I'll drop, walk into a driveway and let me pass because I can't see them coming. Kika's not trained to keep that two meter distance, but um, it's lovely. Do you know even walking around? we have even walking around with Ubi. Um, he's running out, you know, a couple of meters ahead. I've got Kika. People will walk into driveways and say, "Oh, it's it's clear for you guys to come through." You know, I'm waiting here, and we'll have a conversation. We'll be, you know, three four meters away from each other, but it's nice to have that conversation um, because that social distancing thing doesn't work if you're visually impaired. It really does. It took us three weeks, four weeks to get on the list yeah. for priority shopping, and when we did have the lockdown, Seymour is actually going. She was just recovering from the flu. So there's no way Seema's going out and doing the shopping. So for the first couple of weeks, I had to strap a camera to my chest, go into the shop and Seema on literally doing a video call, yeah. Seema is shouting, it to the right, to the left. This the lemons are there, or the lines are oh, people are walking towards you. Go the other way. Um and that's that was reality.
2: And we had we had no choice because we just couldn't get a home delivery slot. Um and I wasn't well enough to go into the supermarket or risk sort of you know getting worse so um it took three three four weeks and we're finally on the list for sainsbury's and yeah you know um it's all good now but it was not fun and honestly it was pot luck trying to send him in to do grocery shopping by himself when he couldn't really see so
3: you know ready steady cook you have your five mm-hmm. ingredients i came back with maybe a hundred different ingredients and i said you know, <laughs> something." You've got 20 minutes.
2: Sort of random stuff. Like, did you get the bread? No. Did you get syrup? No. Okay, so we've got some random meat and vegetables and some sauces. Off we go. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like me when I go shopping, though. True. <laughs>
3: That's yeah. me normally
2: anyway. <laughs> See, I'm, I, I'm the opposite. I've, I've got a list and I will stick to it. Um, I'm quite methodical, so it's quite stressful.
0: Most of Jojo's yeah. list is chocolate, so yeah. there's,
3: there's literally nothing else That's on the
1: there. That's the only aisle that we ever need to go in. Yeah, that's the only one that Amit and I agree
2: on as well, the
3: chocolate, right? Yeah, it's one of every other thing, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, so so Amit, you're a doctor, and obviously the NHS has been in the headlines a lot recently um, in a very, very positive way. Um, how do you feel the NHS is coping currently um, with, this, with this pandemic?
3: Do you know what we're doing all right? I think... I think it doesn't help not having the equipment, but we have we have the infrastructure. We have the amazing, you know, we have the amazing employees for the NHS, and that's everybody down to, you know, doctors, nurses, cleaners, porters, um, even the people who go around for the catering service. You know, all these people are working in an environment that is a risk to their health. Um, yet we're we're coping we're coping pretty well. Um, and do you know what? I'm proud of every single one, um, but then it's not just the NHS service. It's everybody, you know, the delivery service, it's, it's the Royal Mail. It's absolutely anybody who's out there working to keep us moving. Um, but I think, I think it's, uh, what, what do I want to say? I want to say it's, I think they're doing the best they can with, with what they've got. Um, it could it could be easier but you know it's 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 governments it's what they say goes but they they're doing, they're doing a fantastic job
0: amazing amazing and and I hope they continue to do so um yeah. going forward for however long this lasts hopefully you know you know sooner rather than later um but we're going to wrap things up here with a little quick fire round lockdown quick fire round that we've do, that we do each and every week here on the native immigrants um, so you guys are stuck at home, and we look at what your worst case scenarios would be. <laughs> like my worst case scenario is the fact that I'm stuck with Jojo B anyway um, rude. um but if you were in your kitchen and you're bare minimum in terms of what you've got in your cupboards, but there was one snack that's in there, and it's a snack that you cannot stand, what would be the worst snack that you could be left with? in this current lockdown?
3: Bananas. What? I hate bananas. I hate bananas. Bananas? Oh, my God. I hate the smell of bananas. I hate the taste of bananas. You are joking. I hate joking. the feel of bananas. Trying to, f- trying to feed the little one bananas, and she's getting it all over. Oh, do you not? Know it's, no.
2: There has been no lockdown banana bread made in this house.
3: What?
0: <laughs> no. Which
2: is heartbreaking for me, because I love it.
0: Yeah, you're a true Gujarati. That's why. I mean, I need, I need to <laughs> check. I'm Banana a Seriously, this guy likes ski slopes. Doesn't eat bananas. Do you even know what Gemcho
3: means? Gemcho. <laughs> what about for you, Sima? My Gujarati is pretty cool. Big up yourself. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Don't test him. Don't test him,
3: please. Well, him is pretty good. Yeah, like Gujarati. Yeah, but I can bust out a lot of songs. Gujarati songs. Oh, Jaddi Biladi. Have you heard of yes, Biladi? Yes, bravo. <laughs> okay, all right. All right. You, you somehow of the, managed have you to heard redeem heard yourself. Of the, the, the the children's nursery rhyme Jaddi Biladi. Big up. This
1: means nothing to me.
3: It means it means fat cat.
1: Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> and it's it's a Gujarati nursery rhyme.
3: It's oh,
0: YouTube it.
3: Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. My little girl is
1: known as Jani Biladi. You should sing it to our little one as well. No, I can't sing it, can I?
0: Well, we can both learn it. You're supposed to be like, you know, you know inclusive of our cultures. And so, you know. Yeah,
1: look, I'm teaching him Punjabi. He can say Hanji now. <laughs> 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 well done. That's impressive.
0: Thankfully, none of the Punjabi swear words, but it's only a matter of time because Jojo B is the biggest <laughs> fan mass I know. Um, Seema, how about yourself?
2: uh the snack that i wouldn't want um th- there isn't anything there isn't i pretty anything much eat anything what you eat all
0: snacks there is not one snack that you're averse to
3: um mm. yeah
2: i'm pretty like <laughs> I'll pretty much eat
3: anything. You're
2: way too easygoing though. Yeah, I- I'm quite relaxed. I think it's like two pregnancies of just heaving stuff up and not having any appetite of and course. taste. Yeah, um, means yeah. that now I just you know. I eat. We eat
3: matcha in the house though. Can't live without
2: matcha. Absolutely. I don't you eat your twiglets. Oh yeah, twiglets. Twiglets. We got up
0: twiglets. Up
2: twiglets. Yay! That's what I said as well. I hate twiglets. No, I no, love.
1: You
0: know, twiglets. I love.
2: I love Marmite, but I don't like twiglets. No,
0: weird, really. Is. I hate both. (laughs) Honestly, who are you people? Um, Okay, so moving away from the kitchen, and into the living room. So imagine there was no streaming service, and there was no access to television. But all you had was a DVD player. And you had one DVD. And this DVD is the worst film that you could be stuck with in this current lockdown. Which one would that be?
3: Love Actually. (laughs) <laughs> no hesitation yeah.
0: didn't even have time to, it, it was like he literally started answering it before I'd finished the question
3: <laughs> I kind of wanted to answer 10 seconds ago <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow love actually really
3: yeah no
2: see this is why we're talking cheese I love that he
3: hates it
0: yeah not a romantic guy then
3: oh I like romance but it's just I, no I've had enough of
0: it it's got to be Bollywood romance
3: Oh, I love Bollywood romance. Me a bit of Dabang. You know, mean about dabung? <laughs> Bollywood
0: Dabang? romance. You pick the most body film there is in dabung.
3: <laughs> Do the music? Oh, I can dance around all day.
0: There's there's no there's no romance in those debung songs. I saw like some masala kind of. Yeah,
3: but I like
0: that. I that's my... true. Yeah, actually, what's not to Actually, yeah, What's not to like about the lovely item
3: girls? Item girls. Big. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh,
0: there's
3: no cover-ups here. It's, it's, honestly. It's be, true.
0: I'm glad. I'm glad bollywood. the listeners are I love are my out. bollywood.
3: We were literally only well, only an hour, only a couple of hours ago. Yeah, we were just we we're dancing around to Bollywood bhangra. We I had the, I let had me the, let
2: me clarify. By we, God. he means him <laughs> yeah. and the children. Yeah. <laughs> and Kika, uh, yeah,
0: don't be bringing Seema down like that.
2: <laughs> just just to be really clear,
3: yeah, Seema doesn't get involved. No. We do a lot of dancing, a lot of singing.
0: Do you know what Sima's doing? Seema's doing the cooking,
3: the cleaning, yeah, exactly. the looking after no, the property. I think, think, think at that point, I think you had the camera at your recording.
2: After doing the cooking.
3: Yeah. Okay, she did make biryani today, though. Oi, hoi. Nice. Yeah, lamb biryani. But just tomorrow.
2: But don't push it.
3: Someone starts the next day. Don't push
0: <laughs> it. We're finding out a new side to Amit in this conversation. I, I know. love it. You know. um, what about for you, Seema?
2: The ring. Or any horror movie. Oh my God, we are the same person. Seriously,
0: you just... Like, you're These like, are you're... all
2: the answers that I said. So
0: yeah, Seema <laughs> <Cima> is a majority <laughs> equivalent to Jojo jo B. And Jojo jo B is a Punjabi equivalent to Seema, it feels like. I,
2: I cannot stand
3: horror. There's no way. What? Oh, there's a good film you might want to watch. It's called The Eye. Okay. It's a, it's a remake of a Japanese horror movie. It's about a girl who has a corneal transplant, but she can see out of the, the transplanted person's eye. Oh my days! Oh, that's weird. That it's literally right up
0: my street. So you want to watch the original? Yeah, the the, the Japanese Japanese original is always better. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah.
1: This is where I'll go in the other room and I'll just rewatch the OC or something like that. I'll put on Love (laughs) Actually.
0: Right. So films aside, now you've got your CD player. We're old school here. You've got a CD player. And you've got one compact disc. For those people that don't know what a compact disc is out there, it's like this round, shiny thing, shiny that, thing that plays music. Um, ask ask your parents, they'll know about it. Um, if you have one album or one piece of music, which is the worst bit of music that you could be stuck with, what would that be? Uh, I think, do
3: like, you know what? I think there's a. I think there's a Spice Girls CD knocking around somewhere in the music collection oh, really? that'd be the worst for
0: that, that you own <laughs>
3: i think i think i, I must have owned it because it came can't, from my collection
0: yeah i can't blame Seema on this one
3: no, no my no. cds on here no 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 it's not one of mine you just willingly I I, admitted I that you have came that. across <laughs> it randomly trying cds out a couple of weeks ago but then, wow. truth be told i did leave it on for a bit of a bit of a boogie yes <laughs> I, said, I, I, I don't know <laughs>
0: Do you know what?
3: I kind of like everything one. I, I will give everything a go we, we do listen to a fair old amount of yeah. music In this house Do you know what, since losing my sight Music has been the one thing that hasn't stopped Absolutely One thing, you know it, it, Music, well you will know my mood From the type of music I'm listening to At particular moments And it could be absolutely anything from Latin To hip hop, to, to rap To classical
0: How about for you Seema? So
3: somebody got,
2: one of my family members got my son a CD for Christmas and I thought it was a joke. Was it mum or my sister? I don't know. I thought it was a joke when they put it on or when they were singing it, but it's actually, I mean, some people listening to this might recognise it, Gujaratot's CD, which is English nursery rhymes in Gujarati. Oh, big up, big up. It's like, you've basically got wheels on the bus, but in Gujati, which is like, <laughs> and I, I just could not hold it together. That is my worst nightmare. I just trying to listen That's to that. He does love wow. The kids love it. I, it. For me, it just, I don't know if it confuses me or stresses me or just I find it too hilarious. Um, but yeah, worst nightmare.
0: This would also be Jojo B's worst nightmare, yes, to be it fair. Would, yes, yes. God forbid that our son turns out Gujarati, um, <laughs> to him, rather than the Punjabi that she so craves yes, see, we don't, we do. We
2: don't really I have don't a know choice the- like, you know, his as you're going to get, but... um I'm going to make him proper Gujarati. You know? He's already really? trying with this lockdown hair. I mean, it's getting rather long, so he's looking more and more Bollywood as the days go. Well, he's named not the
3: Abhishek button. So. Hoi, hoi.
2: Uh, we've
1: managed because i because i once got really long hair now too we gave him a little top knot the other day and it was so cute Aww. it was really cute
0: but i was trying to explain to Judge b this is just for fashion reasons and not because we're trying to you know instill him into a like a
2: baby <laughs> a Sikh
0: lifestyle yeah, uh, we're
2: almost at ponytail stage but amit won't let me get the scissors out on him so um no don't do it let it grow
3: it grow yeah
2: you haven't seen how long it is. It's okay, you can just do a top knot.
0: <laughs> Stop it.
2: Okay I'm gonna I'm gonna do that tomorrow and send you a picture. Page.
1: Yes. Thank please. you
0: so much. Thank you so much <laughs> to Dr. Amit and Seema for joining us. Where can people find you guys online?
3: Uh, we're on Twitter and Instagram, uh, both uh, blind dad underscore UK for mine. At, and what Kika you?
2: underscore oh. guide dog for Kika. Of course. And my Twitter is at Seema Mystery P.
0: Awesome. Thanks. So please, please make sure you follow them and their movements. Um, obviously not much movements currently in the lockdown, but you can go out and purchase Kika and Me, which is out now online in all great bookstores as well. Just go out and support and to find out about one of the most inspirational stories. Um, and yeah, it's just a, an amazing book and one that I think you definitely need to check out.
1: And hopefully we'll get the true star of the whole show, uh, Kika, at some point when she's not so busy.
0: Yeah, yeah, you know, if she's <laughs> got five minutes, she can spare with us to have a word, you know. It only helped us, and you know, to to build our listenership, to be fair um you know because she's got a lot of fans she's got a lot of fans two of them right here
2: oh thanks guys
0: thank you ever so much to you guys thank you thank you well that is it on this week's episode of the native immigrants we'll be back next week for more of the same i am swami barakas
1: and i'm jojo b
0: and we'll see you all then people peace